Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are so thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments enabling parents and children to connect from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday. We just dropped a thought piece this past Sunday. So be sure to meander over to the website and check out our online content. If it is the case that you are looking for listening alternatives, well, we're available on 10 different podcast platforms for your listening leisure, and we've provided you access to the links in the description down below. Now, as is the convention, be sure to subscribe, hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time you post. And of course, if you like our conversations and you want to keep them going, like, comment, and share this segment. Let's get into it. Allo les meufs et les mecs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week -week basis. And today our topic of discussion is education. Now, this video is going to be a follow-up from our initial video this week, where we talked about why we should move away and delineate ourselves from prescriptive educational environments and move towards more of a self-directed learning environment, nurturing self-discovery and all that comes with it. And more on that, I'll provide a link if you want to check out that video. And in this video, we're going to be talking more specifically about the aspect of self-direction that is crucial, which is trial and error. And I want to provide the arguments for why trial and error is so important and so crucial in cultivating a confidence in the journey and the process that is involved in learning. And it's so funny because we always have to like reiterate to ourselves, you know, trust the process. It's not just the outcome, it's the journey, not recognizing that our society puts much more value on the outcome than the journey. There's actually a lot of judgment that we face in our journey if it is the case that we make a wrong turn or if we make a decision that doesn't lead to optimal results. So sometimes the sayings that we tell ourselves contradict the cultural and traditional norms that perpetuate a lot of the insecurity that we feel when it is the case that we're trying to learn something new. I thought it was important that I emphasize the significance of trial and error. And so I think that one thing that we need to just be mindful of is that the only reason why trial and error is taboo and is something that we consider to be, you know, lots of risk 
risks and minimal rewards is because we've decided that our learning environments require competition, comparison, and performance. And when you're trying to learn in an environment where you're compared against your peers, where you're competing with those who might have more experience or have an advantage of some sort in acquiring that information more quickly than you, and when it's a performance-driven environment, all of those really hinder our ability to lean in to trial and error because the risks outweigh the rewards. It removes the joy and it diminishes the relationship that we stand to cultivate with learning in and of itself. So one thing I want to really position here is that we don't need to have performance, competition, and comparison as prerequisites to our learning environment. And in fact, they are a hindrance to our learning environment. They take the focus off of learning and they put the focus on comparing and on being self-conscious and on being afraid of getting judged and on creating a fear of failure that really does put us in a box and creates this need to conform to some sort of status quo or some sort of norm that maybe at some point needs to get broken out of. So this is me really pushing the needle on trial and error to allow the new generations of children to have the confidence required to break new ground, to be innovative, to be inventive, and to really own their creativity and own their individuality at the end of the day. And I think if we own our learning journey and if we don't think too much about performing and competing and comparing, then we can really see the way that we bloom without having those distractors on our path. Okay, so one thing I want to point out is when we think about learning within the frame of trial and error, one of the things that we emphasize is that information is neutral. It is us that qualifies information as having a, a high value or a low value or having a negative effect or a positive effect. But really, truly, information in and of itself is neutral. And when we learn within the lens of trial and error, we recognize that no matter what kind of information we receive back as part of the action and reaction that we get in our interactions with the environment, we recognize that it's us who attribute values to the information that we're receiving. And it's us that creates a sense of failure based on the narratives around what it is that we're accomplishing and how it is we're trying to attain specific objectives and how successful we are along the way. That really hinders the ability to enjoy that process. So I'm here to say when it is the case that we focus on trial and error, we recognize that even if we make a turn that leads us further away from the objective that we're looking for. And I'm really trying to be very mindful and not saying a wrong turn or we make a mistake because that's not what they are. Those are just the qualifiers that we use and they further discourage us from stepping outside of our box, from stepping outside of our comfort zone, from allowing ourselves the opportunity to learn through trial and error and to learn through the things that we figure don't align as best as we thought they would to the things that we're hoping to attain. And there's a lot of words, but it's really me trying to be clear about why trial and error is important and why valuing trial and error is important. And I think recognizing that information is neutral and that all information is valuable and helping us get a better sense of how we navigate uncertain, ambiguous, and new information. It gives us all the tools required to think critically about the information we receive, to cultivate an aptitude to make poignant decisions with the information that we're receiving. And that happens with time and experience. We're not going to wake up one day and become cognitive misers and be ex excellent at critical thinking and be strong decision makers without having gone through the process, without having done it time and time again, without acquiring the experience and the exposure to different scenarios that help us fine tune our decision making, that help us make better assumptions, make better propositions when it comes to critical thinking. All of that comes with trial and error and embracing the different avenues that trial and error takes us on, recognizing that all information is valuable. Now, without further ado, I'm going to do a deeper dive into my three arguments for why trial and error is the optimal way of learning and also cultivating a healthy relationship 
with learning. And really the root of my argument in our conversation in education this week is that when we have performance, competition, and comparison, obstructing our ability to learn and really taking our focus and our concentration away from the journey and on leaning into the discovery that comes with learning, it's the reason why so many of us have such a negative experience in school and in different learning environments. It's not because of the material that we were trying to learn in and of itself, it's because of the toxic environment, and I'll say toxic and I mean it, that performance, competition, and comparison creates and why they are not the right attributes to our learning environment. And what I'm hoping to instill is a desire to create and to support learning environments moving forward that emphasize learning for the purpose of learning, that provide a safe space for trial and error, where we value information for what it provides us, where we recognize that information is neither right or wrong, good or bad, it's just new perspectives that will help us to reposition ourselves along our way. So all of that, with all of that in mind, let me do my deep dive into my three arguments, and then I'll leave you to come to your own decisions. But I do hope that you do see what it is that I'm trying to relay, and you do recognize the value and the importance of thinking about how we can promote educational settings that really give our children the ability to create confidence, to lean into their creativity, however that translates, and to be inventive. And all of that comes from breaking away from a conformity-focused lens. And anything to do with comparison, competition, and performance requires conformity-based values. So all of that to say, let's jump into my three perspectives. So my first point of view is that trial and error promotes critical thinking. And this is super crucial because critical thinking provides us with an opportunity to cultivate a deeper level of awareness in terms of our interaction with our environment. So when we're learning, we're interacting with our environment. We're asking questions and seeking answers. And when we focus on trial and error, we're not so focused on getting the right answer, which really hinders the options that we'll take. It makes us feel very self-conscious about how it is that we are showing up during the trial and error process. If it's just, okay, well, this is the question, how do I seek out an answer? And regardless of what answer you receive, you know that it is either going to bring you the solution you want, bring you closer to the solution you want, or give you information that helps you better align to a pathway. It gives you a better opportunity to get to the objective that you're looking for. But in order to do that, we need to really embrace trial and error, embrace the critical thinking that comes with trial and error, embrace the fact that with trial and error, it means that our outcomes are going to take a little bit more time to reach us at first, right? Until we cultivate those muscles, until we're asking more sophisticated questions. And our questions will get sophisticated the more that we lean into trial and error, the deeper that we think about the kinds of questions that we're asking. So sometimes it's really just about taking the time to craft the right question and giving ourselves space to think critically about all of the different avenues and all of the different pathways that we think we should take and then leaning into the trial and error, not judging ourselves or criticizing ourselves for not getting there when, you know, when, when we think we ought to. So the ought to part, the performance aspect part, the comparison, the competition aspect part, all of that, we've socially conditioned ourselves to value those things, but I think that we can socially condition ourselves to devalue performance, competition, and comparison so that we can really lean into the joy and the beauty that comes from thinking critically about a given topic, that comes from truly embracing the journey that it takes to get from point A to point B in our self-discovery and the discovery of the world around us and in mastery as we look to master different topics that we are curious to learn about in, in any given setting. So I guess I touched on my second point, which is de-emphasizing this need to perform. And learning and performance, I've mentioned so many times in my education videos over the last year and a little bit. 
that performance is not a necessary prerequisite to learning. And in fact, I think performance, when we match performance with learning, we actually hinder learning. We make learning a chore. We make learning something that is arduous. We make it something that is very stressful and emotionally jarring only because we recognize that we need to perform and performing involves comparison and it involves a lot of self-judgment and, all, and also involves us having to be open to taking in the judgment and criticism of others. And while I am all about getting healthy feedback and hearing the perspectives of others, I'm not really about creating an environment where the norm is to always have to be subject to the criticisms and the opinions of others. And those criticisms and opinions are really focused on helping you to streamline your thinking to the status quo and streamline your thinking to the majority. And it discourages and dissuades, you know, people who think out of the box and people who think in a way that isn't in alignment with how everyone has thought traditionally or how we think about these things culturally. And what we need are more people who are okay to step out of the box, who are okay to break away from the status quo, are, are okay to be non-conforming and okay to take perspectives despite the fact that they're not part of the majority. And all of us need to recognize that we can take points of view that not everyone agrees with and that's okay. And I think part of how that starts, part of how we cultivate the confidence to stand alone in our point of view on things is to remove the layer of performance that makes us open to receiving and being too focused on the judgment that comes with learning and the judgment that comes with our thinking on things and the way that we approach different trajectories to attain different learning objectives. Which brings me to my last point that I'm going to discuss today. And this point is about progress, momentum, and moving forward. And what I love about trial and error is that progress is something that we self-define. Momentum is something that we, we really develop an attunement to. We are the ones who really create the cadence and the cadence shifts and changes depending on where we are in that learning journey. And it's not something that is put on us, right? Like we're not subject to a momentum and to a cadence and to progression by someone else's definition. We create that on our own. And I think that we start to really recognize how amazing it is that we can learn new things and that we can take in information and make new things with this information, how powerful and potent perspective is when we are the one who is setting the tone for momentum, for progression, and for moving forward. And we're not always having to perform to the momentum, the progression that is set and established by others or externally. And I think that this is the most important point that I have to say about trial and error. And I think that is the one thing that I think all of us just think more on is how do we set the tone and the cadence and lean into a momentum that we ourselves are creating as we lean into the learning journey, as we go up that learning curve without fear of judgment, without caring about what the status quo thinks, without trying to conform to the majority of thinkers on the topic. I mean, so many times like we, 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 we think of that well, we don't need to think so deeply about something because all of these people think it. And all of those people were absolutely wrong. And if we had one person who had the courage or the confidence to stand out and stand alone, then maybe, you know, we would be in a different position on a lot of different topics and a lot of different industries across a lot of different countries globally. So we need to create an environment where you don't need to be so strong to be comfortable being non-conforming. And you don't need to be so, you don't need to be built defiant in order to be comfortable standing alone and being comfortable comfortable developing your own perspectives and being comfortable with your own learning trajectory and your own learning journey and your own learning strengths and areas where, you know, you're not that adept at learning in that specific style, but we're comfortable that way because we recognize that how we learn, who we are as learners is not subject to criticism or scrutiny of the external. That is just who we are and we need to embrace that and create an environment where that is celebrated, even if that's only us celebrating that. And I think that learning is a very individual process. It's a beautiful process. It transfers 
very differently for each of us, but we don't know that because we've tried to mass produce learning. And I think that we've reached a crux here where there's so much disruption happening across different industries. We have so much innovation that we need. We need invention. We need creativity. We need people who are bold thinkers, who are comfortable stepping out of the box. And here's just my point of view as to how we get there, some of the building blocks and how we get there and how we support ourselves and our children and our societies to get there in the way that we think and reframe education moving forward. All of that to say, that is it for today. And that was a lot. Again, if you want to check out our first video that we launched, I'll provide it here and we can talk a little bit more about why we should step away from prescriptive learning. And before I let you go, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that we will be going live at least twice a month every month for the foreseeable future on our Facebook page. So definitely think about joining us. Now these events are paid events, but we do we do facilitate these events in such a way where we're cultivating the critical thinking to derive more meaning and fulfillment out of life. So if that's something that is of interest to you, then definitely be sure to join. Now, if you do see yourself being part of the Game Changer community on an ongoing basis, then I suggest our package plans. So we do offer different package plans and with each of the package plans, you have an opportunity to have unlimited access to all of our live events for the full calendar year. And they're posted, our 2022 live events are posted so you can go and check in and see which one is of interest to you and RSVP, of course. So definitely check that out. Be part of our community, be part of the change you want to see in whatever setting you are in currently. All of that to say, that is it for today and I look forward to chatting with you soon.